them. We do need wheels. That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, Just before I begin, let me, if I may, just remind you all um, that in the bulletin on the very front page um, is a section titled, To Ponder. Um, If you can answer all those questions, you've hopefully understood what I was trying to say on a Sunday morning. Uh, Worth having a think about those at some stage during the week. Let's just pray. Father God, thank you that we are here, Lord, and that we have come already to praise your name. And Father, we continue to praise and worship you as we turn to to hear you speak to us. Father, I pray that it would be your words that we hear this morning. Lord, I pray that we would have open ears and that we would truly listen and that we would not walk on past without hearing what you have to say. Amen. This morning we're, uh, as uh, you might have gathered already, continuing our series through the book of Proverbs, asking ourselves what does it mean for us to live lives of wisdom? And we saw a couple of weeks ago in our first uh, sermon in the series, uh, verses 1 through 7, that, that the only way to live a truly wise life is to live a godly life. If, if you want to be a wise person, you're stuck if you're not a Christian. Uh, Because we we saw in verse 7, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and and ultimately the beginning of wisdom. And then we went on last week and we looked at verses 8 to 19 of of Proverbs chapter 1 and we saw how wisdom brings its own rewards but on the other hand, if you live foolishly, you're really just setting a trap for yourself. And we saw that, that when we let uh, our, our greed and our focus, our attention be, be directed to the here and the now, we can so easily lose sight of all the good things that God has stored up for us in Christ for the rest of eternity. This morning as we come to verses 20 to 23, we meet for the very first time in the book of Proverbs, um, Lady Wisdom who I called Mary in the children's story. This this abstract idea of of wisdom is here personified. um, Wisdom with flesh on her. And I'd like to suggest this morning to you, from our passage today, that wisdom comes to us like a prophet of God. Wisdom is a prophet of God. Of God. True wisdom reflects something of who God is and, and shows us something of, of God's plan for us and, and for the whole of His creation, really. Uh, wisdom is a missionary. Wisdom is an evangelist. Wisdom comes and speaks God's word to us, His, his message of, of, of how great His love for us, His offer of life and meaning and purpose. But as a prophet and, and as, a, as an evangelist, wisdom also comes and she tells us the other side of the good news. The side that, that, that's out of fashion to mention these days. Because she warns us that if we don't choose to follow God, we're really choosing death. 
And her message from our passage today is that although God's love is so infinitely massive, His patience is not infinite. So anyway, let's move on. Verse 20 um, and 21, we've got this picture of of wisdom standing at the street corners and and in the centre of town, shouting out loud her message at the top of her lungs for for every single person as they walk on past to hear. Can you picture the scene? Today, um, down at the manger of Foreshaw, it's a public holiday. Everybody's down there. There's some or other festival running. Uh, there's all sorts of stalls, and the playground is going off, and, and there's a band off in the corner, and it's you know a noisy, busy day on the manger of Foreshaw. And, and and there, just in front of the water, as you walk on past the path, is this woman standing there, calling out for everyone as they walk on past. And it's obvious that she's passionate about what she's saying. Every now and again, her her voice cracks with emotion. The, The how long? And she doesn't look like the normal sort of crazy who stands on street corners preaching. She's a well-presented woman. She's got a beauty that that you just can't pin down that's more than skin deep. But but I think if there's one way that you could describe her, you'd say that she's got a message that she knows has to be spoken as soon as possible, before it's too late. That's the picture we've got here in, in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. And really, it's, it's such a similar picture to what we have if we read through the books of the prophets in the Old Testament. This week I've been reading through some of the major prophets, um, Isaiah and Jeremiah. And if you look at them, their MO, their modus operandi is exactly the same as this. God sends them to the places where the people are at and they stand there and they give God's message to the peoples. And the message that God gives to us here in Proverbs chapter 1 is I believe that that, that his wisdom, that that his offer of, of life and successful life is on the table for everyone to hear and accept. You might remember in the very first sermon, uh, verses 1 to 7, uh, I mentioned in passing something that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1, 29. If you've got your Bibles, uh, flick over there and keep your finger in there. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 29, Paul writes to us, um, It's actually what we sang in our new song just a minute ago. Um, Sorry, verse 30. Uh, It is because of Jesus, because of God that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and our redemption. 
You see, what wisdom shouts on the street corners and in the, the, the town centers, what wisdom offers us is answered in the person of Jesus Christ. Everything that wisdom says, I will give you this, has been given to us in Jesus. And really the onus is is on us as individuals to stop and to to hear God's offer for us. And and you know, I think it's significant that that over there in 1 Corinthians 1, Paul defines wisdom um, as um, uh, righteousness, holiness and redemption. Because when we look here in Proverbs chapter 1, those are the very things that Lady Wisdom is so impassionately calling out to the crowds walking past. In fact, those are the things that all of the Old Testament prophets were pointing forward to. See, I think that that says Proverbs to us today, Wisdom comes and she grabs our attention and she calls us to turn to God and be saved. Have a look at, at verse 23. Wisdom says, If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. Let me rephrase that a little bit with the, the, the TNIV version. I think it hits the mark a bit better. Wisdom says, Repent at my rebuke. And then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teaching." Wisdom comes and says, turn. Wisdom comes and says, repent. And her rebuke, uh, verse 22, is, is basically saying to us, stop living foolishly. Stop living these short-sighted, worldly, earthly lives. And instead, verse 29, choose to fear God. And it's not a light decision that she's calling on us to make. She's saying... Turn your lives 180 degrees around. Turn. Turn away from foolishness towards wisdom. Turn away from sin, which Proverbs tells us is foolish. And turn to wisdom, which is God, which is, as Paul says, Christ for us. And the offer that wisdom gives us in verse 23 is just such an incredible, incredible offer. Wisdom says, I will pour out my heart to you. I will make my thoughts known to you. If only you would allow me to be the pole star guiding your life. And again, isn't that that exactly the promise that is ours in Christ Jesus? Doesn't God come to us and say, Put me first. Put my son first in your life. Follow after him, not after the things of the world. And, and you will know the mind of Christ. You know, we, we know the thoughts of God in a way that the writers of Proverbs could only have dreamed about. And of course we know that, that the most amazing thing is that when we do turn to God, he, uh, Jesus pours out His Spirit into us. Um, 
and it takes up residence in us and, and works to renew our minds and our lives so that we think and we act like Him. And what you might not know is that when the NIV says, I will pour out my heart to you, the word that they use there, who knows Hebrew? Let me teach you a great Hebrew word. Ruah. Ruah. I will pour out my ruah to you. Ruah means breath. Heart is in here. Spirit. Says God through wisdom, I will pour out my very self to you. And that's exactly what God has done and it's brilliant. So what do we got? We've got a picture here of wisdom in the, in the common places of society, down on her knees, shouting out at the top of her voice that now is the time to accept God's offer of wisdom. Now is the time to accept God's offer to know Him, to turn to Him. And really she is speaking God's offer. These are God's words in her mouth. Just, just compare how, how she sounds to, to some of the other prophets. Um, look at verses 24 and 25. Since you rejected me when I called, no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke. Now turn over with me to, to Isaiah chapter 65, uh, verse 2. Just a few pages over. Isaiah chapter 65 verse 2. And God says through Isaiah, all day long I have held out my hand to an obstinate people who walk in ways not good, pursuing their own imagination. Same image, I've held out my hands. So turn over a few more pages to Jeremiah. Chapter 7 and and verse 13. God says, while you were doing these things, the context, the nation of Israel doing all sorts of, they've turned away from God completely. God says, while you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again, but you did not listen. I called, but you did not answer. What wisdom is saying is exactly what God has been saying throughout the Old Testament. God's saying, I've I've been waiting for you. I've been calling you. I've been begging you to turn to me and be saved and and, and you just don't listen. And really that that is the, the sad part of today's message. That's the the troubling part of our passage this morning is that wisdom, like all the Old Testament prophets, like Jesus Christ himself, is often not well received. I mean, what greater stretching out of hands, what greater calling is there than to hang on the cross? And yet it's rejected. Because, says Proverbs, the simple ones love their simple ways and the mockers delight in mockery and the fools hate knowledge. So we have this picture of wisdom calling out in the streets and nobody paying any attention. 
Because the way of wisdom challenges the way we want to live our own lives. Because wisdom says put God first and we say, no, I want to put myself first. Because we want to keep on living the way we, we enjoy living. We, we, want to, we saw last week, it's so nice to just have some fun and blow the consequences. But there are three responses there in uh, verse 22. Flip back to Proverbs. There in verse 22, there, there are three responses that, that come when God offers himself. And I wonder, just listen as you, as I, as I mentioned, and listen if you've seen them in others and maybe even in yourself. When people come face to face with wisdom, with, with Christ, um, these, these are typical reactions. And, and some turn around and they'll say, that's nice, enjoy it, I'm enjoying myself. If following you means I have to change my life, forget it. Others will come and they will mock God's wisdom. I mean, 1 Corinthians 1.18, your fingers are still in there. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And still others, the, the strongest reaction against God are those who hate knowledge. And we saw two weeks ago that, that the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge and and so basically what we've got here are, are those who are tooth and nail anti-wisdom, which is anti-God, which is anti-Christianity. I mean, just, just think back to the Rockingham Foreshore. Can you see wisdom there? And, and some people are just walking on past, oblivious. And some people are walking past with their mates and laughing and sniggering and, and saying, what a joke that person is. And the third group of people are those who come up nose to nose with wisdom. Look her in the eyes and yell, shut up! And yet wisdom stands there and says, I am offering you so much. And she also says that our choosing for or against God does have consequences. Jesus himself said it in Matthew 11 verse 19. He said, Wisdom will be proved right by her actions. And at the end of the day, when, when Jesus comes to, to call his own, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and everyone will know that following him was the right choice, that wisdom was true. And on that day, for those who refuse God and refuse his wisdom and refuse his message, Oh, it's going to be a day of disaster, says Proverbs. A, a day of calamity, a day of overwhelming distress and trouble. And wisdom, verse 26, is going to be standing there laughing. I don't know about you, but I am. Oof. That sounds harsh. Doesn't that sound harsh to you? That on the day when trouble and calamity comes, wisdom will be laughing her head off and mocking. (laughs) 
But let's keep it in perspective. Let's remember how long God has been offering wisdom, Himself, His Son, to a world that just keeps on rejecting Him. I mean, do you hear that first cry of wisdom? How long? How long must I keep doing this? And let's remember that even now, God's offer of wisdom and life and everything is still on the table. And that's, that's not the way an insensitive, uncaring person acts. But I think verse 26 is just showing us how extremely the tables will be turned on that day. How, how what the world thought laughable foolishness will turn out to be wisdom and what, what the world thinks the most brilliant wisdom will turn out to be foolishness. And says Proverbs to us, when that day comes, it will be too late to jump ships. Verse 28, Then they will call out to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but they will not find me. Because they chose to reject wisdom. They chose, verse 29, not to fear God. They chose, verse 30, not to repent. And we saw last week that the the prize of the fool is falling into their own trap and their own schemes and and, and they're going to eat their own fruit, says Proverbs in verse 31. And, And that fruit, verse 32, is poison. Don't you just love these passages that talk doom and gloom? One of my favorite um, martyrs, Bonhoeffer, speaks about grace. And, and he says well, there's, there's cheap grace and there's costly grace. And I might have mentioned it here before. Uh, cheap grace is grace that, that's got no strings attached. But, but real grace is costly. Real grace deals with the problem. And the problem is that we, if we don't choose God, calamity will overcome us. And I think this, this passage, and, and really all of these passages that speak of gloom and destruction, they, they just bring God's grace into such sharp contrast. And I'd like to even suggest that these warnings in Proverbs are given as a grace of God to us. They're given to to just point out to us, don't be foolish, don't choose that path, don't walk out onto the ice. And the good news is that in Jesus there is hope and, and the good news is that wisdom is still standing and still saying, turn and be saved and, and I will pour out my heart and I will give myself to you, says God. Just turn and follow me. You know, I, I do pray that, that as a church we might have that same sense of urgency and passion that wisdom has in verse 22. Where she cries out, how long, how long, how long? And she keeps calling out saying, listen, listen. And she's got this passion that cannot bear to see people walk past knowing that they are going to their doom. Just a reminder of the message a few weeks ago where I challenged you to pray for opportunities. 
not saying go to the four shores people. Um, unless you feel God calling you to do that. Can I, can I ask that when you go home this afternoon, you, you flip open to the great book of Romans uh, and read chapter 1, verse 18 forwards. Because I think Paul really hits the nail on the head in that passage. He says that God's message goes out to everyone. Wisdom stands in the street corners where everyone passes by and says, Paul, some, some do accept. Some listen and believe. And, and to those, verse 33, God promises through wisdom here that in the end they will live in safety and they will live at ease and they will live without fear of harm. Or, and, and on that day when Jesus comes to judge the living and the dead, yes, that will be a terrible day of calamity for those who have chosen against God. But verse 33, for those who have chosen to follow the path of wisdom, chosen to be Christians, that will be the most brilliant day ever because there will be no more tears and there will be no more suffering and there will be no more mourning and there will be nothing wrong. We will live at ease, at peace, without fear of harm. And it's a choice that, that has to be made to, to listen to God or to walk on past. And I do know that, that most of us, if not all of us here this morning, have made that choice. But dare I suggest that it's a choice we need to confirm every day, every hour, every waking moment. Because each day, foolishness beckons. The crowd is moving forward. We saw last week, the world entices. But we have tasted that God is good. We have had His heart, we have had His Son, we have had Himself poured into us. Wisdom is already proving herself right by her actions. And I will just say, if this morning you identify more with the people of verse 22, who walk on past or who ignore or who get angry, wisdom's offer is still there. Jesus is still waiting for you with open arms. And, and it's not too late. Because as Paul writes to us in, in Romans chapter 13, in both camps we need to do all of this understanding the present time. The hour has come for us to wake from our slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Because the night is nearly over and the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality, in debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, let us clothe ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. He is coming. Let us live wise lives.